Hey guys, welcome back to the Catch Up Time podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and if you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you listened before, I'm so glad you found your way back here today. My hope is that you find this conversation uplifting and that it puts a pep in your step as you go about your day. On this show, we'll shine the spotlight on real people just like you and me. You'll get to listen in on real conversations amongst friends as we explore an array of topics and take the discussion in any direction we choose. Along the way, we'll uncover truths and life lessons that we can all relate to and apply in our own lives. Knowing that we're not alone is incredibly powerful, and hearing how others have pivoted and adapted is inspirational. Join me each week as we discover new possibilities to grow, to be better, to be more productive, and to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Check out my Instagram and follow me at ketchup underscore time, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) And be sure to hit subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast, where you'll find some brightness and positivity to light up your day. All right. Let's get started. World traveler, bootstrapping entrepreneur, and a truly passionate, hardworking, and caring individual. I'm lucky to call Dan family, but to many, he's an inspiration, a mentor, and a stunning example of what can be if you go hard at pursuing your dreams. Being able and willing to pivot and adapt seems to be his key to success, as he's most certainly had his share of disappointment and failure over the years. What 2020 has shown him, in his words, is that nothing lasts and that this very impermanence means that we should do our very best to enjoy the present. Dan's resilience and a positive outlook, even in the midst of hard times, is truly inspiring and worth the listen. Take some time to get to know Dan on his various social media channels and on his blog. Connect on Twitter or on Instagram, both at Dan Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N. You can also find out what he's working on at joinbolt.com and beunsettled.co. I've included a link in the show notes to this, as well as his latest update on life post, which is truly a lovely piece of writing on his Medium blog. I hope this journey can be inspirational and moving to anyone who's listening and a good reminder to keep pressing on. You never know what's around the corner. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Dan Pearson. Welcome to the show, Dan. Um, I'm so excited that you're here with me and, uh, you know, we're, we're thousands of miles apart, but, you know, just listening and talking to you these last few minutes, catching up has been, you know, it's like no time has passed. Um, full disclosure, Dan and I are cousins, our mothers are sisters. (laughs) So I've known Dan my whole life, but, um, I've always been really impressed and, um, captivated by the life you lead. And I'm really excited to dive into it a lot more with you today. So, um, you're living in Mexico now. Yeah, cool. It's it's great to be w- with you, Alyssa. I'm excited to to catch up. I love uh, love the, the name of the podcast and, and and what you have going on and and the uh, the emphasis on on empathy and uh, and just giving people honest, transparent insights into what's currently going on in the hospitality and and, and travel industry. Uh, I think it's obviously a lot of folks struggling out there and have been struggling um, with the pandemic and. So I'm excited yeah, to dive into a lot of a lot of different stuff and share how, how I've navigated this past nine months or so of, of uh, very much a roller coaster kind of yeah. kind of vibe. Um, and yeah, I, I so I've lived in Mexico for the past four years, probably about 75% of the time. A lot of um, travel kind of mixed in there. Uh, 
um, we could jump into this a bit more uh, maybe in a minute, but um, I've been in the States for the last six months uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, I think it's already been disclosed for listeners that uh, our mothers who are very likely going to be listening to this at least three times each, uh, <laughs> our sisters. Um, so I was up in Richmond, Virginia for the majority of, of my time in the States, um, which was an unexpected kind of silver lining to this whole pandemic thing so that we could spend more time with family and um, it's close to my mom and my sister and her family. So uh, just last week, I got back down to Mexico and for the next few months, uh, probably four or five, I'll be living on the coast of Oaxaca down in the Pacific. Uh, coast of Mexico, um, up on a, a friend's ranch. He's built out a beautiful kind of off-grid living, a couple, couple of houses. Um, and yeah, everything is, is uh, I like to say, and the way that I've been thinking about this, this topsy-turvy year is in April 2020, I'd be November. Uh, I would have thought you were, you were off your rocker. So I think maybe that story will provide some inspiration to, to your listeners about different ways that they can adapt and, and hopefully find some uh, new opportunities in, in 2020 and 2021. Most certainly. I think it's, you know, a bright future ahead. I'm hoping that we can put the like crazy roller coaster that you speak of, of 2020 in the past. And, you know, we're getting into the holiday season and, you know, really trying to just wrap our minds around what we are grateful for. And, one thing that you you know mentioned in the silver lining of all of this is that we have had a chance to be more um some of us at least i mean in your case really truly you got to spend more time probably with your family with your mother you know and with your sister and her family than you probably have in the last chunk of your life i mean really truly you have been a jet setter world traveler here there and everywhere on every continent and this time gave you this coat this uh, pandemic rather gave you that opportunity to really ground yourself and be with family what was that like as somebody who does travel all the time yeah that's a great question I, in 2018 i probably visited in the context of work and then maybe a tiny little bit of personal travel probably about 10 different countries 2019 likely the same i mean in 2020 uh February, uh, I was I had already subletted out my apartment in Mexico City for April and May, and I had a ticket booked to go to Africa for about four weeks. Part of that for work, and then part of that for uh, for for play, and then India. Um, after that, the very idea of, of jetting off to spend six weeks on a continent or three weeks on a continent and three weeks on another continent is now hilariously uh, seems outdated, which I think is indicative of what travel could look like and probably likely will look like in the future instead of short jumps down to days on, on a vacation. Like I think people increasingly will be looking for more intense longer term experiences. So yeah, I think I think it'll just be uh, just be a, a bit of a different paradigm in terms of how people how people approach this kind of travel in the future. So as, as, it, as it's applied to me, yeah, I think it's been both uh, an interesting time in that I have been able to adapt that own idea to my own life um, and just being in one place for, I mean, I was in Richmond for about four months or actually five months, uh, rented an apartment um, and very much lived a, a pretty solitary kind of lifestyle due to the pandemic. Um, but I did find some time and find some space to take these shorter, like two or three, three or four day trips and explore the area around where I was, which like re that kind of regional tourism um, and, and more like local, hyper-local tourism and hospitality, I think is, is definitely, and you've seen that 
this year yep. just explode, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, I have, you know, for like my business got absolutely smashed in March because it was the intersection of two just completely disrupted, destroyed industries, one of which was group travel, the other being international travel. And I mean, in the middle <laughs> of the pandemic when borders are closed and nobody wants to ever see anybody ever again, it's like those two things just culminate in smashing. So I got yeah. smashed really hard, but all that to say, like I have friends uh, who run businesses who are on the complete other end of the spectrum and their businesses because of COVID are just blowing up. Uh, right. And when I say blowing up, I mean like they, they can't keep, you know, they can't keep stuff in stock or they have zero open rooms or, or whatever it is. So it's definitely uh, a, a bit of a double-edged sword there or, or just a, a way that like some people have benefited and others have been have been smashed. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's definitely an interesting, an interesting uh, dichotomy. What are the friends that you're speaking of? Like, what are they, what industries are they in that are doing well? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So uh, my friend Kevin um, is a, he's a partner at a company called Motera and they do sprinter van rentals. So like, imagine the van porn, hashtag van porn you see on Instagram, like beautiful <laughs> vans made by Mercedes Benz and now fitted by a company <clears throat> called Sportsmobile that like, they cost $120,000 and the roofs are on like, motorized servos that go up you know at the touch of a button so you can look out your window and do a mountain range kind of kind of vibes oh, um, wow. so i mean i think they had I, I yeah i don't know exactly how many vans they had before covid uh but certainly they've been very much booked out the entire season because it's kind of the the perfect like escape vehicle for covid you can let's say they're, they're based uh and it's i think it's gomotera.com g-o-m-o-t-e-r-r-a.com um nice. the the their website uh but they're out of jackson hole wyoming they're out of san francisco they're out of salt lake maybe one other location and if you live call let's say you live in denver right you can drive five hours from uh denver to salt lake or in your own contained vehicle and then you get to their head COVID-19 safety protocol around showing how you how the vehicle works uh, so you feel great about that you get in the vehicle and I mean you've already done your shopping so you've got 10 days of food and literally you wouldn't have to see another human being to go and have like an extremely comfortable epic 10-day adventure where I mean you've got delicious food in the fridge and you've got all the gas you need and you've got but yeah all that to say it's like a self-contained uh, a self-contained unit where yeah, and that to me is the perfect example of um, just a really phenomenal COVID business. And he just hit a huge tailwind. It's like my buddy, Kevin, if he happens to listen into this, he like, he's the kind of guy who's an amazing person who's like, let me crash on couches in Switzerland and San Francisco and Hong Kong and all over the world. Like I, Barcelona, like he, he he's mm -hmm. just an extremely generous person. So I'm always glad to see when he has success. Um, and this is like a great case of, yeah, him being uh, in the right place at the right time. And, and that's because he's such a good guy and has so much good karma. Um, but yeah, and then another friend who is just, yeah. he, last year he started uh, a company that's placing um, beautifully designed uh, cabins on farms around the US. Um, so they come in to a, a gorgeous farm and call it Napa or somewhere in you know, Florida where you live or at the Adirondacks or something in, in New York. And they placed a beautiful, a set of beautiful cabins where 
people can come and stay and, and really get an idea of, of like integrated into the farm you know, and the community and the people that live there and the plants that grow there. And there's opportunities for like farm to table meals. Um, so that kind of hyper local tourism that we talked about earlier um, is, is very much, uh, I think something that, that people are increasingly uh, looking for and looking to, um, to, to really, you know, as an alternative to like the, what I talked about earlier, that hopping on a plane um, and, and going off to on some, you know, Greek island adventure, because that's just not a, a possibility for most people. So my, my buddy, uh, his name is David, just for people who are interested in different hospitality businesses and approaches and different things, his, his business is called Sagra. Um, and I'll just find the URL while we're at Sagra Farms. So it's S-A-G-R-A-F-A-R-M-S.com. And yeah, like their headline is Eat, Connect, Sagra Creates Beautiful Accommodations and Delicious Meals on Farms. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely- That's awesome. Yeah, the last thing I'll say, cause I feel like I've been, I've been rambling on is, is that there's certainly opportunities if you find yourself adapting um, and you have the, you know, uh, space and resources and time to try new things. It's it's certainly in 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 uh, era of like massive change, and that I think means that it's also an era of massive opportunity. Yes, like a thousand percent all of that, and we'll dive into each of those points because I think that it's it's really fascinating when you bring up um, all of the different new travel and tourism businesses that are being cultivated out of this entire situation. Um, I agree with you that with all of the changes that have come and this revolution that's happening um, in so many different realms, it can only spur new opportunities. And being, you know, ingenuitive and innovative and using what you already have, I'm sure that, you know, there some of these like, you know, guys that you're, you're friends with, they maybe experienced one of these things themselves. They went into like, you know, the, the van company. I mean, like how did that even get started but he probably had an awesome experience in like on like a road trip and he decided that something that other people would likely enjoy and why not do it himself and you yeah. know now the rest of you know the country can enjoy that service and that that sounds amazing um i'll make sure to link to all of the different um websites and services that you just spoke about i'll make sure to link that Perfect. all in the show notes so um if anyone wants to check those out, that, that's phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, the the tourism industry is, you know, people are still going to want to take vacations. People are still going to want to have a break from their reality, change of scenery, uh, to not be looking at the same four walls in day in and day out. But the, the what we've seen over the last few months is that that um, local tourism is really where it's at, at least right now. And I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, how long do you think that that will last for? Um, you know, although at this point, <laughs> who could have imagined we're almost nearing the end of the year that this could have lasted this this long at this point. And so it is hard to fathom how much longer this is going to last for, but perhaps we just need to shift our mind into thinking that it's never going to be what it was, or maybe it won't be for a very, very long time. And let's embrace what this new normal is now. And I think that eventually the international travel that you used to do and group travel, and I, and I love that we can talk more about Bolt and Unsettled because I think those are such unique concepts. Um, but I think those are those are things that are going to come back, um, but in different ways and in safer mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. But 
um, people are very mindful and you know they want to they want to be engaged and, and learning and inspired so those things aren't going away we just need to learn to adapt and, and see where it goes so tell us how this I mean perhaps I'm I was doing a little research before we got on the call and Bolt was your company um, and and to give everyone a background Bolt is a it was an international travel company where people basically could go on an adventure with a group of unknown people and and leave that experience after two weeks you know in a community of like-minded individuals um and correct me if i'm wrong i'm just you know i was just reading and, and sure, doing a lot sure, of research sure. but um what i gather i mean you have been that travel bug from the start and you obviously have garnered your group of friends and your you know your close-knit community those are people who are just like you like-minded individuals that want that same travel and adventure how did you start bolt like yeah, making so a company sure, of it sure. yeah so so to your point i'd always been that person that brought friends together around different experiences uh so whether that was partnering a boat off the coast of panama for new year's and bringing folks down from the states or um renting uh like housed in new orleans for jazz fest or up in colorado for for season all of those things I was typically like the producer, the executive producer of, and um, always enjoyed something that gives me and has given me a lot of pleasure is like bringing people together around experiences. I think uh, as a very quick anecdote, I once um, had the chance to ask Bill Gates how he, like of, of all, you know, being the, literally like the most wealthy person on the planet in terms of money, like how he thinks about uh, resources and he, his biggest uh, answer is his most important answer is, was like time and how he thinks about time. So like. Mm-hmm. If, and particularly people in the United States have such incredibly limited vacation time um, that like it's so important to make the most of that so I was just it gave me so much pleasure to like help people make the most of that so I, I'd always just been that person that, that put together those kinds of experiences for friends and family and then alongside that um, like professionally I'd worked at, at Lyft and kind of fell into the opportunity to uh, to run their travel partnerships so partnerships with, like hotels with airlines everybody from like Hawaiian Airlines to Joie de Vie which is, is the second biggest boutique uh, hotel or they're called Commune now but the biggest second biggest ho- boutique hotel com- company in the world and maybe they've been mm-hmm. sold in the, in the sold to one of the bigger bigger players but all that to say like that was my first exposure to working more broadly in the travel industry was when I when I worked at the registering company Lyft. Um, and then from there, I had other opportunities to create experiences for like Airbnb, helping them launch their experiences program in New York City, uh, producing experiences for um, like the Rockefeller Foundation and for other, uh, other organizations. So on the kind of design and experience side of things, um, that was the professional uh where the professional met up with like my personal passion um and i just i mean i have if, if there's anybody out there right now thinking about starting anything whether you know it's, it's like Alyssa this podcast or do like anybody thinking about any kind of uh entrepreneurial endeavor like it, there's never been an easier time to start a business literally like you can start a business for, for literally free like all of the resources and i i always hesitate here because i mean like i know i mean you've got a two-year-old kid you know, people, some people don't have cell phones. Some people, you know, are literally out on the street. So like, of course it requires a, a baseline of like privilege to be able to start a business. But like that baseline has never really been lower because everyone has access to most of the information in the world. Um, and there's so much 
so many smarter people than me that like talk about starting businesses and what you need and the different ways to start a business. But anybody can throw up a website for anything. And that's literally what I did to start Bolt was like wrote some some copy on a website, ideas of like what the first few trips could be. First trip that we ever ran uh, was actually in, in the town where I live, now live in Mexico. It's a, an awesome little town on the coast of, of Oaxaca. Um, so the first trip literally you know, so, so, so I put that out there into the world, sent it to people on, you know, on my friends on email, put it out on social media. And that was, I mean, you know, you start with your network and, and if you think about like concentric circles, like circles within circles, you know, the first circle is the people that you know, your friends and family, and, and those people hopefully are invested in helping you succeed because, you know, they, they want to see you, you, uh, you succeed. And then beyond that, there's like your friends and then there's people that you've worked with. And then there's, you know, their friends of friends, and that's maybe a concentric circle out that's like three degrees out. And then a little bit further out, you've got, you know, the whole world and like those people probably don't really care at all about you. Uh, so, uh, you know, but like all that to say, like if you start with the people that you, you know, and that you care about, like they can be your biggest advocates. And a lot of, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs um, talk about how uh, you, you don't need, you know, a million people on day one, you need like 10 people uh, that, yeah. that love what you're doing. Um, and yeah, if, if you do great work, then those 10 people will share it with the world and, and then you'll have opportunities to put in front of a lot more people. So all that to say, yeah, like it started very, I guess, humbly and, and the business model changed over time. And I was very naive at the start in terms of thinking about how, how it would work. And I, I learned a lot very quickly. Um, yeah, the first trip was, was down here in Mexico. It was including myself. It was five people, one of whom, let's see, it was uh, a girl that I used to date in San Francisco. Um, she came down, she was down in Oaxaca and she came down kind of last minute. Uh, my brother, who is actually coming down again in, at the end of December, a buddy of mine named Jason, who, who, who came down. Um, it was, that was awesome. And then the one person that I actually didn't know that came was this guy, a noob. Uh, he was a great guy. So like, and has since become a friend. So I mean, yeah, ba basically you could think of it as like the first trip, it was really, I knew almost everybody and like it was, it was almost like an extension of the trips that I had organized just for friends and family. But then the very next month we chartered a boat in the BVIs. Uh, like I, I actually got really lucky, a good friend of mine um, named Jamie, who I used to work with, we got a boat in the BVIs, a uh, 45 foot cat Marcel, beautiful boat. Yeah, so all that to say, it was, it was very much like ad hoc and kind of on the fly. Um, and I mean, that, you know, you're taking a big risk there because everything I said about valuing people's time, like if you're not, if you don't have the resources to like fly down and scout out a trip a week ahead of time, you know, you're, you're and like that definitely backfired on me at some points. I, I had, uh, yeah, definitely a few instances where like, if I had had those resources to go and scout trips or hire better people or pay for more expense, whatever it was, like mm -hmm. it, it would, but you know, you don't need that to start. I think like, yeah, people, people sometimes talk about like an MVP, like a minimum viable product. And I think you just need, need somewhere to start. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the humble beginning of, of the company and, and, and we built it from there. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point though. It's just, you need to start somewhere. Everyone, you know, everyone's a beginner at some point. So as you do it, you'll get better. And as you said, you grew and you've learned and things changed and evolved, but you had to start somewhere and essentially you were doing it all along. You know, you said you were already like, uh, organizing these trips for friends so why not make a business of it if, if it gives you pleasure you'll never work a day in your life like if you love what you do mm -hmm. so 
taking all of that and you know making a business out of it i mean it was at the time a great idea and it still can be i think it still is yeah. you know an opportunity in the future it's just is it on hold now like did all the trips obviously got canceled and there's no real starting yeah. date or you yeah so so um i mean the, the so I'll, I'll add a couple of things to, to the uh, introduction that you gave so, so the real the, the concept was um, you have all these people who go on trips with companies like uh, G, G Travel and Backroads and um, Intrepid and all these, I mean, literally millions of people a year spending billions of dollars to fly halfway around the world and like spend 10 days with a group of complete strangers that they'd never met before. That's amazing. And that, that to me, that to me seemed kind of crazy. So the, the innovation that I thought that Bolt brought to it was saying like, okay, let's introduce let's like build community around that so what we did was um we uh we like introduced those folks ahead of time the people who were going on a trip and like brought them into a community so that they could meet the people that they were going to be traveling with meet the people who the, the guides who were going to be leading the trip and then also maintain those giving them ways to maintain those relationships after the trip itself it's because you know maybe you go somewhere for a week but if that experience if you're like if there's excitement and anticipation building into it and then on the back end there's like the, the connection and intimacy that you created in, in terms of the the people that you've met and your relationships with them and that that becomes a lot more just interesting and, and, and valuable so that was really the innovation and so the trips themselves they took the form of i mean uh, overland uh like rooftop tent camping safaris in africa sailing in places like Greece, Norway, the Caribbean, horseback expeditions in Norway, hiking in uh, Japan on the Kumanakoto Trail, um, Sprinter Van. Uh, it was actually a collaboration with my friend Kevin's company, Motera, that I mentioned earlier, like a Sprinter Van treasure hunt through Utah, overlanding down Baja, um, hiking uh, uh, in the in Patagonia through Patagonia's National News Park. Like a, a, um, that was actually another horse horseback expedition in Patagonia. Um, and about a dozen, dozen more trips that we, we built out. I think like, you know, I should say, like I, I always use the word we because when you're talking to an investor, when you're talking to somebody, you know, it's like, if you say we, it, it maybe makes them think you're, uh, you know, the you CEO of some, some big company. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was, I mean, I, and I, you know, that's not to downplay the help that I had from other people, but we never had, you know, we both never had a full-time employee besides myself. Um, had a lot of help in different ways from designers and developers and, uh, trip uh, like experience leaders um, and guides and stuff, but never uh, had like a full-on kind of uh, kind of team around it. Um, there was about to be a team around it. I can get into you know February and March and um, kind of everything that happened with COVID. But yeah, so so um, yeah, that, that, it, it was it was it was a great experience. It was a tremendous learning experience. Um, and it was about to take off uh, in a big way uh, when all this pandemic, um, pandemic craziness uh, kicked off in, in March. Have you been able to come to terms with like maybe though like why this happened or like where you could see it like evolving and changing or what Jesus, the future that's like, like? I I thought I didn't know this was like an existential like like the universe. <laughs> why does the universe happen? Kind no, of I know. That's, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, to be to be to be totally honest to be serious like if I was to look at it through the lens and I'm not even sure if I'm answering the question that you posed but I think like travel as we've as we've conceived it and as, as it has become is like completely unsustainable for several reasons one uh, I think it like does tremendous damage to the environment like you look at, at flights and how it's like 
something like six or seven percent of, of carbon emissions are, are, are flights and like I, I used to I mean I've done crazy flying like crazy yes. things uh, <laughs> <I remember. laughs> uh, but even 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 like the, the life that I was living in 2018 and 2019 like I, I am a, I, I sh- should have been paying more attention to my carbon footprint but like I know it was like massively more damaging than than it should have been because like oh fly to Greece for 10 days oh fly to Norway for seven days oh fly to you know wherever for for three days and like that's unsustainable from an environmental standpoint like the degradation that it does I feel like local community when you have people drop like it create opportunities for many local people to like build economic opportunity for themselves like I think that really caters to these big hotels and and you know, resorts and, and big operations that like have the efficiency to service like somebody who's dropping in for two or three days because everything needs to be clean and to a standard and 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 like um, templated, uh, you know, like Marriott, uh, I shouldn't say Marriott, but any big hotel company, right? Like the idea is, you know, exact, basically exactly what you're going to get. Like if you stay in a hotel and the industry is moving away from this, but like at least from a standards standpoint, you know what you're going to get. And that's a great reason to stay at a, at a Hyatt, you know, because like, you know, that if you stay in a Hyatt in Bangkok or Barranquilla, Colombia or Buenos Aires, like you're more or less going to have the same standards of cleanliness and the bed's going to feel the same and like all this stuff. So it's just, I think that doesn't lend itself to, entrepreneurs in in developing countries being able to create opportunity for themselves and then like the last thing i would say and i could talk you know for hours about this but the last thing i would say is that it kind of just sucks like that you know it's a function of the fact that americans particularly get maybe two weeks off from week from work a week and they have to fit their leisure into these like little buckets um but like flying somewhere particularly internationally flying somewhere for like a week you know, you get there and like the first day you're jet lagged or like you've been flying in airports, like you settle in, then you've got like five days to, um, you know, to enjoy your vacation. Then you're immediately flying back and like, you don't get a chance to engage with people really, uh, local people. You don't get a chance to see like things that are off the beaten path. Everything becomes very prescribed. Um, so I think, you know, I, I started off talking about like why this happened, like in a you know, half joking, like, maybe the, the, the travel industry had a reckoning coming to it because it was, it was, it, it was, it wasn't really, I don't think healthy in a lot of ways. So maybe this can be a reset. And like one, one um, publication that I respect a lot and that I, I look to is, uh, is Skift. If you ever, Ellis, do you ever read that? Skift, S-K-I-F-T. No, I have to write that down. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's an excellent uh, skift.com um, but it's it's run by this guy named uh, actually unsettled our, our ch- uh, chief design officer we just won um, an award uh, for virtual pivot um, yeah, um, and I can, I can talk a little bit about that once we get into the unsettled side of things but um, yeah Skift has, has great thoughts on kind of the future of travel and, and they much more eloquently describe the challenges that uh, travel faced and, and, and kind of why maybe it was a little bit antiquated even before the pandemic but um, yeah, so that's I think, great. No, I mean, I think it, you're right. It, it was un, unsus, unsustainable. That's what it is. Like, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. It, I don't know. I just feel like there's definitely this, there was this like forced pause button that, you know, was really forced upon all of us uh, back in March. And 
we've had to, you know, had to really like take a step back and, you know, really think maybe we weren't doing it the right way that first time. And how are we going to, as the world reopens and, and then shuts down and then reopens again, like, how are we going to change our lifestyles and our um, practices? And, and that does come from like, you know, big corporations making adjustments and changes as well. But um, it most certainly does. I mean, I remember going to, you know, many different large chain hotels. You know, I worked for Marriott for the last, you know, 10 years or so of my career. Um, you know, we stayed in many different hotels and the second you walked off of the resort property, you were not in a nice area. Like they build this up and, and like the surrounding neighborhoods are very poor. And so you're right, the, the money is not going to the local economy. Um, but I think that Airbnb was like, you know, definitely was like flourishing um, and local tourism and, and keeping close to home and reinvesting your money in your own community and, and discovering things about your, you know, two states over or whatever, taking a road trip, you know, down south or something like that. That's, you know, at least you're, you're investing in small businesses. And I hope that's the wave of the future. I hope that people do take that and continue on that path, even after things return to whatever normal looks like in a few months. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it'll be an interesting ad ad adaptation as, I mean, hopefully vaccines come online. And, and I think this gets to your earlier question of like, what does the future look like? And yeah, I mean, this is probably a good, good opportunity as, as I talk about like the future globally to share my story of 2020 and, and where I've ended up. Um, so yeah. we talked about my company Volt um, and I ran that for two and a half years really by myself uh, and got it to a place where it was like just Kind of baseline sustainable where it could you know buy me tacos and, and the trips were were profitable and, and and then in november i was approached by some people who wanted to invest and we had a series of conversations leading up to like signing some paperwork around them investing five hundred thousand dollars in my company in in uh this was in january and february and we were um, like i flew up to los angeles uh, and i was in la on, on february 20th and we're like in a we work in santa monica whiteboarding out um, like brand stuff, which now is hilarious and seems so completely irrelevant. Um, but all that to say, like, you know, we're full steam ahead. The lawyers were drafting up the documents and then very suddenly, um, yeah, I got back to Mexico city and, and progressing, progressing and kind of in the, the peripheral vision looking at this coronavirus in China and then, oh shit, there's actually cases in the U S and oh, so the right. stock market just dropped like a thousand points. And on March, I think it was fourth or fifth, um, the firm that was investing that $500,000 emailed me and they pulled out of the deal, um, which like was something I'd worked on for a long time. And like as an entrepreneur had, had have had so much un financial uncertainty in my life um, and just been bro like flat out broke basically for so long that like that was represented a lot of uh, stability. And it was, it was a, a massive shock and like a, one of the hardest things probably I've ever gone through and, and then obviously with the pandemic alongside it completely stopped all of our travel and was a bit of a disaster from the uh from the, the travel you know side as well just running the business and getting people home from panama and getting people home from patagonia and oh man um, you were in the middle of a trip at that point oh You're yeah yeah we had a couple like... trips out yeah yeah so getting oh, people back my. was was a was a was a bit of a cluster and Hi. um yeah really tough yeah it was super tough um so uh, I think, you know, for, for me, it was just a question of like, okay, like, you know, how do I, and, and 
I, I want to make it sound like I immediately rebounded, and that's that's not true at all. Like my brother, you know, I went, I, I flew up to from Mexico, I flew up to my first place, like I stayed for two months, and I was essentially catatonic, like just like the everything in my life had been coming together so perfectly, and then in like very much the space of like two weeks, my life, my home, my work, all of it had just fallen apart and shattered, and it was like probably the hardest time in my life or certainly one of the hardest times in my life um so it's not like any of this was you know like i just like okay that sucked i'm on to the next one you know there was the period of really like three or four months where i, I was it was an extremely dark time alongside all the just i mean terrible news about the pandemic and like loss of life and, and i mean just yeah, you know, just a shitty time in the world like i was having oh, my gosh. own which i'm sure again like you know the people who are listening to this in a lot of ways could probably empathize with because like they lost jobs or maybe their businesses were affected or um so i mean you know a lot of people can i think uh probably probably relates to that but no doubt um, everybody was going through something man i tell you what yeah, there's yeah, not a single yeah. person that i've heard, that i've talked to that hasn't had some sort of like <clears throat> really life-changing something happened to them this year every way possible this has affected so many people everybody it's been a it's been a it's been a it's been a trip but yeah so, so in the process of that um in in i guess it was june of this year um i reached out to friends of mine who had started a company called unsettled um and we'd they, they were a bit more further along in their path so i've been front founders for quite a while uh, and just like the founders a lot, um, their their product was pretty cool. Uh, before COVID, their, their pro the, the product was 30-day retreats around the world, which fits really nicely into that idea of kind of more intentional, slower travel. So they would set folks up, call it like 20 or 30 people at a time um, in Bali or Buenos Aires or Barcelona or Cape Town or uh, Mexico City or Medellin, Colombia um, or Tokyo. They set uh, that group up with um, like an awesome place to live. Uh, co-working space and then a really intentionally set, uh, designed set of experiences to help people realize their, their personal and professional growth. Um, so uh, uh, with the idea being like you need to be a little bit undled um, to, to realize those kinds of growth opportunities because if you're in your comfort zone I think it, you know it's a place of stagnation for, for, for a lot of people. So I, I was very familiar with their business like the two, the two guys Jonathan and Michael who started the business uh and had had very informal conversations around maybe you know at some point we could figure out ways to work together so in june i reached out to them um, we had a series of conversations and finally in, in july um, I, I started working with them full-time they acquired bolt and we've been working on different things uh and, and hopefully we'll get back to travel in the meantime we're doing some pretty cool stuff in the uh like along the same lines of figuring out how we can help people find opportunities for for personal and professional development like we're doing it in different ways now like you know obviously not jetting off to bali but i think there's still interesting ways to help help people do that um yeah i was but, reading uh, an article on uh, unsettled about the like the concept of play and how when mm -hmm, we were kids mm -hmm. it was basically like you know shedding light on the fact that we used to play all the time when we were kids and you know we don't play anymore basically and and when you're especially remote working which so many people are right now you lose that like whimsical creativity like just like you said you're not in you're in, you're in your comfort zone and it sometimes yeah. you have to get out of that comfort zone to have the most growth and to be able to have that creative freedom 
Um, and so is unsettled your, it, it seems like it was like workshops that you guys are doing at least right now that are for companies to kind of like team building stuff and in, in that way, or is yeah, it more than that? Um, it, it is more than that. Yeah. That, that was a great start. I think we, we, we began by like understanding how companies have transitioned from, uh, the office to remote work. And that was so sudden and so dramatic for so many companies that they're kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut off, both like organizationally, but also, uh, but also as, as individuals. So like now what we're really working on is figuring out how we can directly solve that pro those problems of like collaboration and communication, how people feel like they belong in an organization, um, when they're not able to see their colleagues every day. Uh, mm -hmm. and there's a ton to do there. And it's like a, you know, along the lines of how I mentioned my friend, my friend, uh, Kevin's company, Motera, and, and then my friend David's company, um, Sagra, how they like have had tailwinds. Like, yeah, there's, there's opportunities now if you can pivot your business. Like if you told me I'd, I'd been working on this in, in February or March, so, like I, I, I would have thought you were crazy. So I was like, oh, I have this like great business where like I'm sending people all around the world to have amazing travel experiences. Um, and this is, is very different uh, in many ways, but it's also, maybe in some ways an extension and it's also just like yeah. shit it's 2020 you know if you find something that works like you gotta you gotta really grab onto it and, and and take it where it's gonna gonna send you because uh yeah i mean people people um you know people don't don't have opportunities uh, you have to make your own opportunities so i think that's that's super important yeah i think that's that is like beautifully crafted all of the all of that and i think it's an extension for sure of what you, you know what you had started bolt and i'm sure unsettled and acquiring bolt and its philosophy they really do seem to go hand in hand and the travel will come back um so in the meantime it's it's trying to you know pivot you know like you said and figure out you know what the next steps are and how we can um help other companies and businesses because i think that remote work is not going away um, but there's definitely that like fear from the head, you know, the head honcho that like nobody's doing their work there at home doing laundry and it's not the truth. I feel like I'm more productive in fact now that I'm working from home um, uh -huh, because uh -huh. I'm not spending, you know, this much time in the car, for example, driving to the office and, you know, I'm, but at the same time, I'm also missing that like that face-to-face -face interaction, which is why, to be quite honest, that's why I started the podcast. It's because I was missing the conversation and, and, you know, the community that you got at work and it's, it's, uh, it's definitely challenging times that we're in, but if we can find ways to connect, I think we're in the right time, especially with the internet and, you know, the Zoom call, for example. I mean, we're, you know, thousands of miles away and yet we're, we're talking like we're next to each other. Technology is, is going hand in hand with our new normal. Um, so I think it's fantastic that you're with a company and with guys uh, working with people who share your same values. It sounds like they really do have that same intention at, at the heart of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're all good people. I really like the people I work with, which is a, a massive part of, and for me, something relatively new because uh, I haven't worked on a team in a long time. So I think like it's, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for me to learn and grow in that way. Yeah, no doubt. And you're able to do it from anywhere, so that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been you know, on sales and remotes from day one, so, so that's awesome. So, what are your new projects that you're working on? You had said in the beginning that um, you have some stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah, so I mean, it's really focused on what I was just talking about around the the products for um, for for businesses to help them transition to remote, and then 
so I mean, Volts is now uh, a part of Unsettled. Um, so hopefully, like you said, we'll have the opportunity to go back to travel at some point um, and integrate what we're do- very much integrate what we're doing now in different ways in- into travel. Mm-hmm. But for the yeah, for the for the moment, yeah, it's just laser focused on on that. I, uh, yeah, like I. I usually try to have like side projects or things to work on, you know, alongside my main work. But right now I'm just so focused on, on Unsettled and, and the opportunities that we have there that I'm just pushing really hard on, on stuff. I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a challenging topic that you're trying to figure out. I mean, it's not an easy problem to solve. I think a lot of people are trying to. And I wish you a lot of luck and uh, good fortune yeah. in figuring it out because you're going to help a lot of people. There's no doubt that it is you know the future most people i think you know a fifth of the population is working remote and certainly some jobs can't be done remotely but a good many of them can but what comes with that is you know isolation you can feel very like alone you know when you're not physically with people and so bringing together that community like you guys are you know trying to do is you know it could translate very easily from your travel adventures to a working setting and, and being on the same team even though you're remote and not together Totally, it's, it's a whole new world, but that's that's full of opportunities. So it's like, go out, go out and get it. Go out and do your thing. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's so great to catch up with you, Dan. I know we wanted to keep this within an hour, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and and to share your thoughts. I am, um, you know, can't tell you enough how much I admire your drive and passion and your adventure-seeking personality. <laughs> it's uh, it's really refreshing every time we talk. So I'm glad we had the chance today to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's great to hear this. And I think like, um, can't wait to tune into future episodes, listen to other um, other entrepreneurs and other folks who've been navigating this this top seat 2020. Um, the good is when December 31st comes around, I think it's gonna magically reset and those problems will, will all go. So we're all looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great to catch up with you, Alyssa. I, I love the concept um, of what you're doing and excited to see um, all the folks. And yeah, I, I think you mentioned uh, you'll um, uh, put like my my like Twitter and I think Instagram or, or something else down in the, the show notes. But yeah, anybody who ever has a question, you, yeah, feel free to drop my email in there too. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. And anybody who ever wants to reach out, um, yeah, any, anything I can ever help with or, or anything, uh, hit me up. But yeah, it's it's great to great to to, to talk to you and great to um, get in front of, of all the folks and do this this whole catch up. Awesome, man. I appreciate. It. Yeah, I'll make sure to link all of your uh, contact information in the show notes below. Are you most active on Twitter? It's, in, it's from what I looked yeah, at. Yeah, I would say Twitter. Twitter is the best place because uh, that that can spark conversations that other people can 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 see and can get value out of. Um, so yeah, Twitter Twitter's pretty good. Sweet. All right, man. Well, you stay safe. Have a wonderful holiday season if we don't talk, but uh, it was so great to talk to you today and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. All right. Hey, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Bye, Dan. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Catch-Up Time podcast is an original podcast produced and recorded in Orlando, Florida. Remember to subscribe to the Catch-Up Time podcast to get notified each week when new episodes are posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at ketchup underscore time. Thanks again for listening to the Catch-Up Time podcast.